Ezekiel Duran's huge day at the plate shows why he should be playing every day, even when Corey Seager gets back in a Rangers win. Plus, taking a look at the rest of the AL West, why it's wide open for the Texas Rangers to take that AL West crown, their first one since 2016. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. On today's show, we are breaking down two big topics. Ezekiel Duran, should, should he be playing every day when Corey Seager gets back? And and why is the AOS so freaking wide open? I want to start with Ezekiel Durant because he was the star of the show in the Rangers' 6-4 to win over the Diamondbacks. Your Texas Rangers are 18-11 and on top of the AOS. Um, as you're listening to this, maybe they're 19-11 they're and or 18-12 and um, because this is coming out basically right before the, the second game of this series against the Diamondbacks. But the Rangers are riding a four-game winning streak, their longest of the season, tied with the other four-game winning streak that they had when they won that game against Houston, then went in and swept uh, Kansas City. The Rangers are riding high right now, atop of that AOS that is is not as deep as we thought it would be. But Ezekiel Durant is the story of the day. Three hits for him, including a huge, huge home run for the Rangers, a two-run shot his third of the season. He also had his fourth double of the season, Duran Duran did, off of Zach Gallen, the starter for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who has been one of the better starters in all of baseball. A three-hit day takes his average up to 328 on the season. And the guy has been absolutely crushing it. Overall, this year, he is hitting 328 with an on-base of 357, slugging 522 and 880 OPS for a guy who was one of the last choices on the roster. Not the absolute last one. That was Travis Jankowski, but... He is not a guy who is projected to play every day at the beginning of the season. I thought that he would win the left field job out of camp. He didn't. Corey Seager went down with injury, and the Rangers decided oh, it's going to be Josh Smith's time. And well, Josh Smith's defense was pretty good at shortstop. His offense just wasn't quite there, which is something we, we knew about Josh Smith, and that's okay. He's not an everyday player at this point for the Rangers. Maybe at some point he could be for somebody, but he's a very valuable super utility guy. And the Rangers saw Zeke Duran heating up just a little bit, getting him more plate appearance. And I thought, okay, well, let's give this guy a few sh shots at, at shortstop and, and see how he does. And defensively, he's fine. He holds up. He's got the arm for it. He's got the, the moves for it, the hands for it. And, uh, you know, so far he's been absolutely crushing it. The more time he has gotten, the more consistent at-bats he has gotten in the big leagues, the better he has been. Last year he did a really good job at third base defensively, not a position he had played a whole lot. He hadn't played a whole lot of shortstop recently. It had been mostly second and third and trying to get him in left field, which is where I thought he'd start the season. He didn't, and now he might end up being the everyday left fielder when Corey Seager comes back because he is hitting just so freaking well right now. And it's not just the, the regular numbers. The, everyone knows the thing about Ezekiel Durant, and if you don't, 
thing about Ezekiel Duran is that he hits the crap out of the baseball. His hard hit percentage is in the top 12% of baseball. His max exit velocity is in the top 10% of baseball. Expected batting average, which his batting average is at 328 right now, his expected batting average is, is right up there as well in the top 20% of baseball. He is stinging it. He's got a huge, huge arm. He has got some legs on him. He's in the top 8% of the fastest players in all of baseball. The expected Woba, exit velocity, expected slugging, all those numbers, they're bearing out that this is legitimate what he's doing. He can continue to do this. He can continue to crush baseballs, hit doubles, hit home runs, and play a decent shortstop. For right now, he's been pretty good there. I mean, he's had a few momentary lapses, a few bobbles, but the arm's huge. He's he's an athletic kid. He's fast. He's quick enough for it at shortstop. I don't know if necessary long-term he's going to stay there at short. I think they might end up giving him a try in center field with, with how Leote is kind of struggling offensively. Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe that's a little bit too soon because he hasn't played all that much in the outfield in his career, but he is showing that he is an everyday player. I thought he was. Grant Schiller has been singing the praises of Ezekiel Duran for quite some time, and uh, he's bearing them out and, and shouts to Ezekiel Duran for taking advantage of his moment. He does have some big flaws in his game. He is in the first percentile, the worst percentile in walk rate. He just has one walk so far this season. He almost had a second one, almost had a second one if he had just if he had just not swung. I think it was on a Sunday's game, and every Ezekiel Duran walk is like an Adoles Garcia walk. It is uh, the thing that they need most in their game right now. It is the thing that will unlock the truest of true potentials for them. It's why Adoles Garcia has been doing so well this season, because he is um, like Ezekiel Duran. He's a guy who expanded the zone a lot, has a lot of raw power, a lot of, um, you know, raw tools and can hit the absolute crap out of the baseball. And so being more selective is the key to getting better pitches to continue to hit the baseball hard and not expanding the zone. But uh, he's also uh, in the top, the bottom four percentile of chase rate. So he is really expanding the zone, but he's not swinging and missing at a rate that would be, you know, what you'd expect with that. His whiff rate, his swing and miss rate is right around the middle of the pack, which is kind of surprising and impressive and shows that he can, you know, he's kind of got a little bit of that, the quality that everyone loved about Vladimir Guerrero is that he could swing at everything and, you know, foul it off or make contact. It's not quite Vladimir Guerrero levels. I mean, nobody is. He's not going to be golfing baseballs off the ground for doubles. I don't see many people in baseball doing that, except for if Vladdy Jr. started doing it. That that I could see. But um, Zeke Duran needs to improve that in his game. There will be a slump coming at some point. But right now, he is the hot hand. You have got to ride him. You have got to ride him to some wins. And the Rangers need some wins. They got some good performance out of other guys in this one. A multi-hit game for Marcus Simeon. Um, his seventh double of the season. Great game from him overall also worked to walk so getting on base three times from your leadoff guy that's exactly what you want drove in a run as well the top of the lineup was all driving in runs Travis Jankowski drove in a run Nathaniel Lowe drove in a run as well and Ezekiel Duran drove in a pair the Rangers also got a run on a wild pitch so just some smart base running some smart plays overall in general from this team I thought it was going to be a, a tough starting pitching matchup and it was I mean John Gray going up against Zach Gallon, who is really on one right now Gallon performed really really well in this one going five innings he did allow three runs but he kept the rangers on their toes and the rangers were able to get to that bullpen of arizona that has not been super great this season they gave up some early runs they were down four to one uh, heading into the bottom of the fifth inning scrapped through a pair in the fifth got some more in the sixth and one more for insurance in that seventh inning to make it a two-run win as opposed to a one-run win 
just get that little one run goblin off their back or just the, the tight games this team has not played it. This is a big sign for this team who is Again, the run differential before this game was plus 72. Now it's plus 74. They had not played in a lot of close games. They have blown out their opponents, even the good ones, the bad ones. They have blown everybody out. And so that's why there were a lot of questions about this bullpen. But I think this was a really good game for the bullpen to show that they could hold on to a, you know, keep the game close when the Rangers were down, give them time to come back. And that's exactly what they did. John Gray. Um, went five and a third innings, allowed four runs, all of which were earned. Only walked one, which was nice. Did give up a pair of pretty big bombs. And again, only two strikeouts for him in this one. That is not John Gray when he is on his stuff. He is, you know, clearly not had his best stuff the last few starts out, but you got to commend him for still going five and a third innings. And, you know, four runs isn't great in that span, but he kept the Rangers in it. He never let them out of it and that is really what you're asking for your starting pitchers every day and that is what the starting pitchers have brought so far coming up we're going to look a little bit more at this bullpen's great performance give some shout outs and look at the rest of the AL West which is really in some trouble while these Rangers are thriving on their four game winning streak but first this episode is brought to you by Rocket Money did you discover any subscriptions that you forgot about did Rocket Money cancel a subscription for you well they can they absolutely can. This is a great new service. Rocket Money is a fantastic new service. If you're spending all this money on these different subscription services and it's hard for you to keep track of, of how many of them there are, then Rocket Money is the personal finance app for you. It cancels unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about. Chances are you're probably one of them. Like, you know, that one streaming show that you wanted to watch on that one that one streaming platform and then you completely forgot about before uh, your your free trial expired and they just kept charging you rocket money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time also get alerts anything looks off stop throwing your money away cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com/lockedonmlb that's rocketmoney.com/lockedonmlb rocket money dot com slash locked on MLB. Shout out to the everydayers who are listening every single day, making Locked On Rangers your first listen every day on tomorrow's show. I'll break down the biggest surprises for this team so far, so be sure to check that episode or be in your feeds bright and early tomorrow morning. Also, if you're an everyday or listening to the Rangers every day, you can catch every Rangers game on SiriusXM. They take on the Angels on Friday at 8.38 Central Time. Nathan Eovaldi versus Tyler Anderson. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this Rangers bullpen really came through in this game. Three and two-thirds innings of scoreless work just allowed the one hit. Did allow three walks. A little bit nervy in the ninth inning, but it was Will Smith on the hill, so I felt pretty confident. He has been just such a breath of fresh air in this pen. Someone who is a veteran who comes in in these big situations, and you just feel comfortable with him getting you out of it. That is something that has been missing from this Rangers pen for quite some time. Also, shout out to Brock Burke coming in in the sixth inning, working an inning and a third of perfect baseball, getting the Rangers out of that jam, getting the Rangers through when they were having the lead. He ended up getting the win in this one. Jonathan Hernandez comes in and doesn't allow a single hit, does allow a couple walks, and you get a little bit nervy with that because Jonathan Hernandez 
has had a little bit of a struggle with the walk problem this year, but he gets out of it, has another shutout ending. His ERA is down to three on the season. Um, just five walks for him in 12 innings of work. That kind of bumped his number up there before it was just three walks and 11 innings. That was more fine. Just a couple walks in this one is is not exactly what you're wanting from Jonathan Hernandez, but I'm not really worried about him. He's got probably, no, he's got the best stuff in the Rangers pen right now and having Will Smith on there, getting his fourth save of the season, closing it out, dropping his ERA down to 169, a really nice ERA for him in an inning and a third of work. I didn't think we'd see that many outings for Will Smith where he would go more than an inning. He's done that this year. These random little, okay, this guy's going an inning and a third. This guy's going, getting his own clean inning. This guy is... um you know, going another inning and a third. That is not something we saw a whole lot from Rangers management in seasons past and not pulling them at the specific batter, being more concerned about bringing them in in a clean inning, in a clean situation or whatever. That hasn't been the case with Bruce Bochy, and I think that's part of the reason why this pen has had so much success with him. He knows exactly when to go out there and talk to his guys, when to bring them out, when to bring someone else in, and who to bring in in what situation. It has been... A huge blessing for the Rangers, and I think we'll need to see more of that as the Rangers start to play more close games. I don't think they're going to continue to score, you know, double-digit runs in a quarter of their games like they did in the month of April and one game in March. But I don't think that's necessarily sustainable. I mean, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe this lineup is basically the 1927 Yankees. And if you have your number seven and eight hole hitters in Robbie Grossman, who also extended his hitting streak to, I believe it's 13 games at this point, which is just kind of bonkers with how he started the season. Um, and Ezekiel Duran is those guys are your seven and eight hitters and Jonah Heim, who's hitting over 300 with an OPS over 900 as a catcher is your number six hitter. And, Maybe this lineup is going to continue to be that freaking amazing, but right now they have the depth in their starting rotation, in their bullpen, in their lineup, which a lot of the teams in the AOS that we thought would have not had that so far. Let's start with the Astros. What has been wrong with the Astros this season? Ugh. I, I This is my favorite topic to talk about. The Astros have struggled this season. They do still have a winning record. They are still nipping at the heels of the Rangers in the American League West, but they have had a lot of pitching injuries. That was the one thing that I was not concerned about the Astros with is they had so much pitching depth. Yeah, they lost Justin Verlander. Yeah, they lost Garrett Cole a couple years ago. They're just a, a freaking pitching factory. Just basically all of their guys are homegrown at this point. Actually, I think... I think everybody but Lance McCullers in the rotation is, is someone that they signed or drafted and developed, which just really frustrates me that the Rangers can't do that with, like, literally one guy at this point. But they have had a lot of injuries. Lance McCullers has not pitched at all this season. He was supposed to be their number three starter. He had a forearm strain in camp. He's probably two, three weeks away before he can start pitching. And then this past week, they've had a couple of big injuries. Luis Garcia went on the injured list with elbow discomfort. And the day before that, Jose Urquidy went down on the IL with shoulder discomfort. Both of those guys had not been super great for the Astros this year, but... <clears throat> And they'd shown plenty of times in the past where where they were very, very good. Both those guys are on the 15-day IL. Uh, Urquidy had an ERA over five this year. Luis Garcia had an ERA of four. I believe those were two of the pitchers that the Rangers beat. Actually, no, no, Framber Valdez was one of those pitchers that they beat. Um, the rest of their rotation is, has been pretty solid. I mean, Framber Valdez has an ERA around two and a half, which is just what he does. 
the rookie Hunter Brown is is going to be a big competition for Josh Young in this AL Rookie of the Year uh, race. He's got a 260 ERA in six starts and um, is striking out quite a few batters and has looked pretty dangerous this season. Christian Javier has got an ERA around three and a half and has been pretty solid for them this year. They're going to have they're going to have to bring up some of their depth uh, so far. They haven't had anybody in their bullpen besides these five guys, um, including Urquidy and Garcia. They haven't had anybody besides those five start a game for them this year. We'll see what that depth looks like. This is just uh, Astros are just a pitching factory, so maybe they'll call up a guy from AAA, and he'll end up being amazing, somebody that we've never heard of that signed for you know $500 out of Mexico at age 20, and then by age 22, he's in the big leagues and just pumping gas because unfortunately that's what the Astros do. But for right now, those those starters have struggled. I mean, their top three has been really good, um, but they have not quite been the same team. And offensively, they have been missing some things as well. Jose Altuve has not played at all for them so far this year. He broke, I believe, his his finger. He suffered an injury in the World Baseball Classic, is going to be out for at least this month, I think some point in May, uh, or at least last month, I should say, he was out for April. I haven't seen any updated timeline. I think maybe around June was when they thought he might be back sometime mid-May or June. Jordan Alvarez, who <clears throat> has had all kinds of injuries, but just continues to play through them. He has had um, hand injuries. He right now is has a neck strain, and you wouldn't be able to tell it because he's got an OPS over 900, and he's been freaking fantastic and so is Kyle Tucker who does not have any injuries it's got an OPS over 800 but the rest of this lineup has just not been nearly as dangerous as we thought it would be I mean they they added Jose Abreu and thought oh my gosh geez this guy who has been so good and so consistent he's he's not that old he's only 36 years old it feels like he's been around forever and he was a 27-year-old rookie in 2014 when he won Rookie of the Year. He's won an MVP um, back in 2020 in that shortened season. He was fantastic for the White Sox. He has been the model of consistency, one of the most consistent hitters in baseball, and he's just been bad this year. He has not lived up to what the Astros expected of him. He's got an OPS of 522, and you know Alex Bregman has not been that good either. He's got an OPS under 700 at 663. His defense at third is still fine. Jeremy Pena has been okay for them. He was a breakout star in the postseason for them last year, also in the regular season. He is tied with Jordan Alvarez for the team lead in home runs with six, but the rest of this offense is just not nearly as dangerous and deep as we thought that it would be. Corey Jolks has been okay as a rookie. He's gotten a lot more hype than I think he should. He's OPS is 697. He's He's been fine. He's been fine for them, but fine has been above average in this lineup that has really, really struggled. Yes, it brings me extreme delight to say that. And also Chaz McCormick, who only played 11 games for them so far this season, but he was crushing it in the outfield um, with an 883 OPS. He is also on the IL, the 10-day variety for him. So the Astros really, really have some problems. Their bullpen is... It's, it's still really freaking good, one of the better ones in all of baseball, but that lineup and those key starting pitching injuries might just be the Rangers' chance to gain some ground in the American League West. Coming up, we're going to look at why the Mariners struggled, why the Angels have struggled, and why the Rangers really need to keep their foot on the gas in this month of May specifically to extend that lead in the American League West. But first, this episode is brought to you by So Rare. 
Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, SoRare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there is no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. You know, SoRare recently partnered with MLB All-Stars Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez, who we're going to talk about in just a second, to serve as brand ambassadors. Both are featured in SoRare's current brand campaign and will engage with the SoRare community throughout the season at MLB events. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com dot com slash locked on to start playing today now speaking of julio rodriguez the mariners who everyone was feeling so high and mighty about and uh if you remember if you listened to that aos preview the locked on mariners boys uh, shout out shout out to the locked on mariners boys doing a doing a really great podcast for a team that's under 500 and it's just, oof, what, a, what a darn shame i was i was pretty salty on there there was a lot of mariners exceptionalism a lot of oh well the mariners who have been to the playoffs way more recently than the rangers ever everyone just forget about that 19 year or 20 however many <laughs> insane amount of years uh, stretch that they did not make the postseason and just say, ah, well, they're definitely going to repeat that. That's absolutely going to happen again. You can just surefire lock them into one of those wild card spots and and maybe into winning the AOS. They're definitely going to challenge the Astros. Well, they're, they might challenge the Astros for finishing around where they are. They thought, okay, well, this starting pitching staff is going to be absolutely amazing. And the offense, they just thought, oh, yeah, it's, we, got, we got Julio Rodriguez. And then uh, we've got friends, uh, Julio and friends, and we added Teoscar Hernandez. So that'll fix everything. We also signed AJ Pollock and, and that that'll fix everything. And you know, it, it didn't, the offense of Julio and friends has struggled with Julio Rodriguez really struggling to start this season. He might be going on the IL soon. He has had to come out of a couple of games recently so far. Not that I wish any struggles on Julio Rodriguez. He's very fun. Um, and he, is the closest thing we've had had to Mike Trout since Mike Trout came up, which is a really darn shame for the Rangers to have to face these two guys with just generational tools coming up at young ages and doing incredible things, and both of them being in their division for the long haul. I mean, Julio signed a, what, a 10-year contract extension, so he's going to be here for a while, but so far this season, he has not looked anywhere near the rookie of the year, one of the top 10 players in the AL that he was last year. He's hitting just 239 with an on-base just north of 300, slugging just 442, a 743 OPS. He does have five home runs, but he is really, really struggling. He's doing okay defensively in the outfield, but he just has not looked like the world beer that he was last year. I mean, the good thing for them is that Jared Kelnick, who had really struggled the last few years with a top prospect, had really not struggled anywhere in his minor league career. He has looked like one of the best hitters in all of baseball. The 23-year-old left fielder who I really wanted the Rangers to trade for this offseason because I thought, if there's something in there that that just a little bit of tweaking, this guy could be a really good player. And and so far this year, he really has been. He's hitting 309 uh, on base north of 370, slugging north of 617, and OPS just 12 points below 1,000 for the year. Seven home runs, which leads the team tied with Oscar Hernandez and eight doubles. The guy has just been incredible. Everything that he struggled at hitting wise he's just 
pretty much gotten significantly better. He was terrible against lefties. He was really terrible at recognizing breaking stuff and laying off of it or being able to hit it hard. And he has been able to do that so far this year. But the rest of their lineup is just not great. Cal Raleigh is having a good season with an OPS around 800 as a catcher. Ty France, who everyone kind of decided was the best first baseman in the American League West. Well, you know, Nathaniel Lowe is the best first baseman in the American League West at this point. And it's not particularly close because Ty France has an OPS below 700, just one home run for him on the season, hitting just 238. Colton Wong, who they thought would be a huge upgrade at second base, has been, frankly, terrible. He's got an OPS below 450. That is not something that you want from one of your everyday guys. You, Eugenio Suarez, who has been a dinger masher in the last you know, five years, just kind of quietly under the radar, one of the best home run hitters in all of baseball. He's only got two of them this season in 29 games and an OPS below 650. That was That's the guy who's hitting, I believe, third or batting cleanup or way up there in the order. Uh, and Teoscar Hernandez is hitting home runs and not walking and being okay around 650 OPS, but th this lineup is just not good. It's just not good. They're lucky Taylor Trammell is there. He's only played in two games, but he's he's kind of crushed it with a, a home run, and the small sample size is, is kind of skewing that just a little bit. Maybe he can, you know, find some some kind of spark in this lineup. They DFA'd Tommy Listella, who was terrible for them. Their starting rotation has been mostly pretty good. George Kirby and Luis Castillo have been fantastic, but they just lost the guy who they signed to a huge, huge deal for the season. That is right. Robbie Ray is down for the year. He had surgery to rep repair his f torn flexor or injured flexor tendon. Um, it's just, it's not the team that, Mariners fans were so sure was going to be fantastic right out of the gates and the Angels well they're they're still the Angels they're they lost Logan Ohapi who was going to be competing very heavily with Josh Young for that rookie of the year race in the American League he's pretty much done until I don't know maybe he'll come back with a month left in the season that is a huge loss for him because he was fantastic for them Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are being Mike Trout and Shohei Otani Otani's is somehow a better hitter and pitcher this year than he was last year which is just bonkers Hunter Renfro has been pretty good but the rest of their lineup is um not super great Rendon has not been what they expect him he still doesn't have a home run this year in 21 games played I mean Taylor Ward's kind of fallen off a cliff a little bit as well in left field but this Angels starting pitching staff has, has been good at the top end with Shohei and Patrick Sandoval, but Tyler Anderson has been really beaten up as of late. Um, Reed Detmers has been knocked around. Jose Suarez, even Griffin Canning, pretty much everyone else outside of those top those top two have not been super great. They've had some good performances in the bullpen. Matt Moore is doing well for them. Uh, Carlos Estevez has performed well as their closer. Uh, he's got um, six saves so far on the season. Jose Quijada was doing okay until he got lit up and put on the il but the rangers have a wide open al west to just freaking go for it this month of may is it's a it's a decently hard schedule it's it's not it's not their easiest month it's not as easy as last year i mean this road trip is really going to be a place where they need to gain some ground put these teams that are struggling down continue to hit well is these three games against the Mariners in Seattle. Those are going to be huge. Four games against the A's. You got to pick at least three of those up and then you got to cuz you got a series coming up against the Braves. That is going to be a difficult series, but once the calendar turns to June, 
this 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 team is going to have some real challenges. They have a series against the Rays. They have a series against the Blue Jays, against the Yankees, um, and against the Cardinals, who are struggling right now. Maybe they'll continue to struggle, but to start the month of June, they've got a three-game series against the Mariners and the Cardinals, and then they have a day off, and they travel to Tampa to face who a team that will probably still be one of, if not the best teams in baseball. Right now, they're the best team in baseball, but that's going to be a huge, huge testing series for them. And then the next weekend, they have a series against the Blue Jays, who beat the Rays, handed them their first losses of the year. So it doesn't get much easier in June. And then just wait till it July <laughs> turns July. July is just a murderer's row of a month for the Rangers. Just kind of put that in your head. They've got a series against the Astros. They've got... Um, two one series actually two series against the Astros a series on the road against the Padres they face off against the Dodgers the Rays the Guardians the Red Sox who are also good this year they do have a series against the Nationals heading into the All-Star break which um, they're really going to need that they're really going to need to do well in that but um the schedule does not get much kinder to the Rangers. May is going to be a difficult, it's going to be a difficult road trip. I think they can take advantage of some teams that are scuffling, put them further down, give yourself some cushion so that if you do struggle in those difficult months of June and July, you have some cushion. You're still in a position once you hit the final stretch of the month of August and September to where you're still in contention. You're not out of it. You can make some big moves depending on what injuries are shaking out at that point. Or if you're just right there, you could just make a few minor moves and, you know, just tweak your team just a little bit and continue to dominate because this is a good freaking baseball team. It is time to believe it. They are on a winning streak, hopefully still on a winning streak after uh, y'all are listening to this after this Wednesday afternoon game. But the Rangers are freaking good. The AL West is wide open and the Texas needs to take advantage while these teams are struggling. Otherwise, they're going to really regret it. Thank y'all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every day. Like I said before, um, the the uh, episode on Friday is probably going to be focused on uh, the farm system, a little bit of a look at what's going on there. So be sure to check that out. And tomorrow's episode is going to be talking about this Wednesday game and about the most impressive or surprising players for the Rangers to start this hot season. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball.